1: Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. Chris Wardell joined, as always, by Greg Crone. Gregory, how you doing?
0: I'm good. I feel like there's nothing on in terms of, like, obviously you have the finals for the NBA and the NHL, Yep. but they're so spread out between each game that, like, it's Tuesday and there's just nothing, uh, unless you really like baseball, which is fine and I do, but I feel like there's just nothing else going on.
1: Yeah, Fightons have uh, figured some stuff out over the last. Have won the last three, got it, well, the last four, I guess. Was this is this game still going on? No, it's, it's a, that's a final. Won their last four games. I'm gonna announce that officially.
0: <laughs> uh, uh,
1: yeah. One nothing win over the Tigers today.
0: Yeah, I'll take it. I mean, it's fine. It, it's the Tigers. It's hard to get excited when it, the team is legitimately one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball, and you beat them. Like it's fine. I enjoy it. I'll take wins. We need wins. so
1: Better than still, losing.
0: Still concerning, uh, as always, but uh, way better than losing. Way better than losing.
1: Yeah, Trey had that huge game on Monday, four for five, two home runs, um, three RBIs, and then an 0 for four.
0: Yeah, just you need some consistency out of them. That's it. If he could just consistently start putting together some games, we're fine. We're fine.
1: That four for five, by the way, bumped his batting average up 11 points.
0: that seems that seems bad, Chris. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know.
1: Well, I mean, in fairness, statistically, regardless of how he was playing previously, that four for five still would have bumped his batting average up 11 points. but <laughs> it's, uh, it wasn't ideal prior to that two thirty uh, two two forty three after that five for four, down to 240 after. After tonight's affair, I'd like to see that OBP up over three hundred for a guy would paying quite a bit of money to. But he'll figure it out.
0: I sure hope so. That's what I keep being told. So I'm going to keep believing it.
1: I don't think Trey Turner is just going to stink now.
0: Yeah, but he could. He certainly could. <laughs>
1: you know, it's the optimism that's that's wonderful. Like this, this was the worst season of his career cut that uh that 2015 short sample size 27 games 40 at bat rookie year out like this is by far the worst season of his career literally i mean comes back to washington that second year in 73 games hits 342 the guy's a career 298 hitter career 350 ovp he's gonna be fine
0: i i tend to agree with you but it doesn't mean i'm not scared
1: uh, well you, you're just a nervous nelly Gregory. well that's that's 100% true
0: and it's never not going to be true so
1: well there is there is still plenty to talk about I have Bavada open in front of me as I always do we're going to take a look at some interesting NBA finals lines stuff like that but there's some some like uh ancillary stuff to talk about I would like to talk about this golf thing in a minute but sure. before we before we get to that so you can explain it to me quite frankly <laughs> um before we get to that, let's let's talk about the text you sent me last night, and let's talk about the the series finale of Ted Lasso. For anybody who has not caught up to the the, uh, the finale of uh, Ted Lasso, I would jump ahead like three or four minutes, and uh, spoilers will be forthcoming. What'd you think?
0: I, I mean as a guy who didn't hate on the entire season, uh, I enjoyed it. Like I liked it. I thought the ending was good. Um, there is a little bit left to be desired. I, I won't, uh, you know, I won't sugarcoat that. Uh, I feel like we needed more closure on where Ted's life actually stood. You know?
1: Yeah. Did you feel like that was ambiguous intentionally though?
0: I do. I, I think they definitely did it on purpose. um, but it leaves me like really wondering like so what what was the ultimate outcome like did he come back and did things resolve themselves uh it was very obvious the way they were setting up
1: like the doctor
0: yeah during the soccer game and or so, whatever during the final game for for AFC Richmond like they were clearly setting it up for like him to be not act like guy. sort of yeah exactly and to not get like real legitimate closure on that feels it it leaves me wanting. I mean, to be fair, I could watch a thousand seasons of this show. I really enjoyed it. Like I, I thought, I thought the ending montage was excellent. I thought all like bringing all that stuff together. I thought it was great. I thought the whole season was excellent. And I thought, um, I thought I, I know it got like sort of long and people complained and whatever, But as they got towards the end, I think they figured it out, and it made life in that show make a little bit more sense.
1: Well, I was surprised that it was an hour and 19-minute finale. That was a big number for a show that, you know, in the first couple of seasons was pretty firmly in that 30-minute range every episode.
0: Well, even the penultimate episode was uh an hour 11 like it wasn't it wasn't yeah. like that one was short either so um yeah i mean it became a lot more of a not a drama because i don't think that's really what it what it was there were still tons of comedy it was a it dramedy was, yeah exactly it was a lot less slapstick and much more like storyline based stuff which is fine and i think I think every character kind of wraps up well. Kind of would like to know what eventually happened with the love triangle of Keely, Roy, and Jamie. Who knows?
1: Yeah, all just uh, kind of hanging out together at the yeah, end. Yeah,
0: which which isn't helpful. Um, so, like, that's something that you kind of leave out there as a cliffhanger. Um, I mean, they really redeemed Nate's entire character, if we're being honest.
1: But it was... Uh, was it earned is the question. Like, he never... I would have been more into that if he would have at some point prior to everything apologized to Ted. But he didn't. Like there was that there was that instance where where Ted Henry and Beard were at the West Ham game and Henry was trying to get Nate's attention and Nate turned their, his back on them and then like laughed it off afterwards.
0: Yeah, I don't think he understood what to do because he's such a weird guy because like there's also the moment where they're in they're in the elevator together when the the first time they go to play and he's hiding and then he turns around and like he clearly wants to say something but then rupert shows up and it's a whole thing fair so like i I don't know i i i don't disagree that there there could have been something else that got them sort of back together uh but i i kind of like where it all where it all culminated in, you know?
1: Yeah. I remember the Bavada props from prior to the season and the big three in my head are, would Rebecca sell the team? Would West Ham uh, or would AFC Richmond beat West Ham? And would, it Te- was Ted Lasso going to be the coach of AFC Richmond at the end of the season. The first one was an absolute gimme. We, I think everyone knew Ted wasn't going to be the coach.
0: Yeah, uh, I think so too. I,
1: I don't, I think is that Rebecca thing? Is that just a, a no bet at this point? Because I mean, I she did. She did kind of sell the team, but she also didn't.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think it's sort of a push because, like, th- selling a minority stake in in the club makes a big difference, you know. But it's not. She still retains ownership, so I don't know. I what did to be you? A push.
1: I okay. I was I was talking to to somebody about this today, and he brought up an interesting point. Why was Ted not at Beard's wedding?
0: Uh, you know what's crazy? So I actually Googled it. I uh, not Googled that specifically, but just like was looking around on the internet last night after we watched it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the dude that played Beard, Brendan, I can't think of his last name. Brendan Hunt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like commented on it and said essentially like, we hadn't even seen uh, that whole montage happened while Ted was still not like on the, like he didn't land in America yet. Um, so it would be, he said like, it would be kind of weird if like they show that and Ted's all of a sudden just back in Europe, like without ever actually being home.
1: So they're um, saying, they're saying Beard got married immediately.
0: Pretty much. And then that essentially like, or the, or the reason that Ted missed it is because he was coaching henry's soccer team and couldn't miss it to fly out there but obviously was invited that kind of thing so they kind of like talked out talked it out that way it definitely was weird there's no doubt about that though i I don't disagree with that
1: well if if nothing else we we certainly don't know what the resolution of a lot of relationships were but we do know ted is back in henry's life and that was the that was the most important thing at the end of the day
0: yeah, for Ted, for sure. Uh, like that's kind of the thing he was always searching for. I did think there could have been multiple ways to take this. You, you know, like what if she had sold the team, and the final scene is she buys an NFL team, and Ted's the head coach of an NFL team. Like, what oh, if that?
1: You're like, not getting that. Not getting that NFL licensing. So.
0: Well, I don't that. That I don't disagree with. But yeah, like there 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 were options. There were there were options you could have went with this and how you wanted to end it. But I think they I think they, they did a perfectly fine job.
1: I I did think one of like the real underrated lines of the episode was when oh god, why I feel so bad about this. Why can't I think of the guy's name? Who Rebecca's assistant?
0: Uh Higgins.
1: Higgins. I know he's not really your assistant, but more or less. <laughs> uh when Higgins comes out and they're talking about who the new head the new coach is gonna be. And Higgins is like, Yep, yeah, we've got all of the normal names on there. And just for fun, I threw a basketball coach from Australia.
0: <laughs> it was a good yeah. You know, take a shot on take a shot in the dark. It worked the first time.
1: Yeah, really underrated line. Um I was, it was, that's a really good that's such a good show. That that goes down as one of the great shows of all time in my mind.
0: That's why it stinks that it's over. Like I understand why is it's it, over.
1: Though? I,
0: I mean does a spinoff work without Ted?
1: Like it, w- it would be different. Um, obviously, Roy is now the coach. Obviously, we know that Beard and Nate are his assistants. Would it be different? Yeah, it'd be different. But I- and I mean, what else? What else is left to happen as they shockingly win the Premier League? Uh, what, two years after being relegated? Yeah,
0: but they didn't win. They came in second.
1: Oh, good point. I completely forgot about that. They won <laughs> the game. They they came in second. In the, yeah, yeah, good point. That's... So it's not like a Friday Night Lights first season thing where they win the championship that first year. They That's just the movie's uh, better than the show. Uh, the show is excellent. The movie's, the, the movies the, the a classic. <laughs> yeah, all right. I'm not here to talk about that. I'm not here to <laughs> debate that. Because um, <laughs> I don't think you like where I'm going to land. But... No, it was, <laughs> but no, that, that, I... that show is just magic. And I, look, if, if, uh, if Brett Goldstein, that's Roy Kent, if, if who's actually like a fairly prodigious writer and one of the, you know, I, I don't know if he's listed as a creator, but he's one of the, the, the producers of the show with Bill Lawrence. If Brett Goldstein wants to write the spinoff, I will tune in.
0: Oh, I'll definitely check it out. Cause there's just like uh, Sam making the Nigeria debut in the montage. That was awesome. Like there's just a, a lot of different things that happened in that that I think you can build off of. Like you know what I mean? I don't know. I, I really enjoyed the show, and like I said to you last night, I'll miss it. I thought it was, it was just a very fun show to watch, and it had everything you could possibly want out of a show.
1: I I thought Trent killed every single scene he was in.
0: Oh, it was a great addition. Like the, I thought
1: he killed every scene. Yeah. Like and, 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 and sorry, God.
0: Oh, I I thought you were going to go. Sorry. Um no, I completely agree. I think uh I I think that it was like the perfect sort of storyline throughout the season and you're you're right everything that he was in was good, it was really good.
1: And to watch him become more and more actually integrated into that group as the season went on was well, was really fun to the point where he is is now a diamond dog.
0: Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I would love to be a diamond dog. <laughs>
1: Oh, Roy! Roy is also a diamond dog now. <laughs> uh,
0: I was I, I when that whole scene was setting up. I was sitting there. I'm going, they're they're gonna do the diamond dog thing one more time, aren't they? They're yeah. they're gonna and there it was. I was so happy.
1: Another one of the absolute great lines, just Roy saying, "How do you know if a girl likes you?" <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: it, his whole character arc from season one to now, it's just it's so funny because he's still the same like crabby you know bullish dude and then but then has like those sort of moments and you're like oh this is this is just hilarious every 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 line he says i laugh at
1: have you heard brett goldstein talk in real life
0: <laughs> no just, but i'm sure it's nothing like that it's
1: very very he's a very smart guy it's very different he's he's very soft spoken in real life and just like just let don't don't ever look into it and just let roy can exist
0: I think I have to. I think I just have to let it. Like me, always envision him being that. Then that's and, it.
1: And he, uh, I know you're not a Marvel movie guy, but the best part of the last Thor movie for for me and Alexa was that in the post-credits scene, they showed Brett Goldstein was going to be playing Hercules.
0: That's cool. Good. Good for Roy Kent.
1: Cracking. Uh, cracking the MCU.
0: That's a hell. That's a. It's a hell of a step up. I mean, I feel like once you get put in the MCU, you kind of made it. Like that. Yeah, I feel.
1: I feel like that was the case for the first ten years, and now it's just like, yeah, that's cool.
0: Yeah, you just get to be a superhero.
1: At some point, everybody gets to be a superhero with that. With all the new shows and series and stuff that come out, it's not.
0: You're not wrong. I have.
1: I have two offers.
0: Ah, phew, wow, I I'd love to know the characters.
1: Green Goblin. And uh, yeah, I'm taking that over for William Defoe. <laughs> William <laughs> Defoe, uh, he he thought I would be better. And I don't know. Uh, oh God, what's that? I wanna, I want to say to Calendar Man. That's DC, though.
0: Damn it. Well, I mean, I you could work in both.
1: I couldn't come up with an obscure character. I am uh, I am trying to see the the um, new into the Spider Verse movie this week, which I hear is outstanding.
0: I, Marvel movies just don't do it for me. I Dude, just don't.
1: I'm telling you, I, you don't have to like Marvel movies. Watch, and and I, I don't know what kind of uh, stigma you have against animated movies or not. None. Good. Just, it, it does not matter what else you know. Watch the first Into the Spider-Verse movie. It is one of the great movies that has come out in the last like 10 years. It's it's hilarious, it's beautiful. There is I mean you have you have Nicolas Cage and John Mullaney in it. It's it is sensational. It's even if you don't care, like it's worth watching just because it's so fucking good.
0: I'm down with that. I'm down with that.
1: I literally oh, I rewatched it, it on Sunday night. I mean, I, I mean
0: I I have heard a ton of good things about it, so it's not like crazy. You know, good. Yeah. I, I don't have anything against them. My issue is is sitting down for 3 hours to watch anything with especially like as you get towards like the end game and all the avenger ones
1: like that's That's fair.
0: It's a lot of time to dedicate and plus having to add, you know, 17 movies prior to getting there like seems aggressive.
1: No, that's fair. You don't really need any pre-existing knowledge uh to to enjoy into the Spider-Verse. Like if you saw the 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 Toby Maguire Spider-Man movies then There's a couple of references, but you won't lose anything by not having seen it.
0: I have. I think I'm pretty sure I own all three of them on DVD. Then,
1: then you have all of the background you need, and that's (laughs) you don't need anything. You literally don't need any more information. It's it's so good. Um, Have Have you gotten to the American Gladiators documentary yet?
0: I watched the first half. Unfortunately, have not checked out the second half, but I'm intrigued by it.
1: You, there are turns, Gregory there are twists and turns in the second half. It's, well, I don't want to I don't want to spoil anything for you, but there are may yeah, there's a like the char- the Johnny character immediately flips. It, like it's it's very different.
0: I hope so, cuz it was a little bit disappointing the first oh, half. Oh, cuz he's a dick. Yeah, it, like dude, if you're going to be in a documentary, like I don't I like, I get that you want to like there are some things you may not want to talk about, but he's clearly a crazy person. Like, oh yeah, for sure. Like, <laughs> like that—that's not even a question. He's clearly insane, and I—I I just can't. Sometimes I just sitting there like, Doug, I just want to see. Like, how did you create the, You know, th- this game. What was what was this? Who were these people that became the gladiators that you yeah. clearly treated like shit? Which is crazy.
1: Yeah, um, no, homie's cuckoo for cocoa puffs, but um and and you're right he definitely treated them like shit as is uh, evidenced by how many of them would not appear in the in the show
0: dog it's crazy how are you going to have i'm sorry there's i mean nitro was like the face of the american gladiators he's the biggest he's the guy and he's not in the documentary about it like that's crazy to me i can't, I, I i know
1: but that's here's, why what, I... here's what i'll tell you uh this will be this is a teaser not a spoiler some people you think aren't going to show up show up.
0: All right. Well, that's that's if that's the case, then I'm fine with it. And I do need to check it out. There, it's crazy. Last week there was just a flurry of documentaries that came out between that that one and then the Seventy uh, Sixers, the two thousand one season. Uh, anything or everything but the chip uh, yeah. on NBA TV or whatever. I watched. I watched up until Theo Ratliff got traded. Spoiler alert: the Sixers. Traded, Theo, Ratliff Theo Ratliff gets Ratliff. traded. I know um who do they I, get I <laughs> Dikembe Mutombo um did I got to Mutombo there
1: for Theo?
0: yeah yeah okay. that was the whole thing because Theo got hurt right before the all-star break was named an all-star and they traded him on the same day he was getting wrist surgery I remember uh, that
1: day. and then they traded Mutombo for Did they trade Mutombo for coach? how do we get coach? I don't Did really we have
0: Ku coach wasn't on the 2001 team was he
1: was he on the Sixers in general? He
0: was on the Sixers in general. That I do remember. Um, I feel like I need a bl- I need the blue Tony Kukoc jersey.
1: That yeah, or the black one. Yeah, num- number, seven. Oh, number seven. Number seven. I mean, number seven in the, in, the, in the book, number one in our hearts. Love me some Tony Kukoc. Always said I played a little like Tony Kukoc in that I was afraid of contact and like to shoot from the outside. <laughs>
0: Well, but, that and that and Michael and Scotty always always kept you out. They they froze you out of a lot of stuff. Those so I get sons
1: that. of bitches. And that I mean those people obviously Jeff Novak and uh, and Dan Hyman my and <laughs> Oh
0: man. Dude uh, but yeah, I thought that documentary like the first half of it that I've watched so far really good, interesting, like getting a, a real full deep dive background into the uh, the the larry brown iverson stuff was very Croce interesting in it? yeah croce's in it too yeah he talks about it they talk about the meeting that story that you told me uh whatever uh, a couple weeks ago they talk about yeah. that kind of a little bit more in depth so yeah it's, it's it's a good it's a good watch i just have haven't had time to to finish it mainly because i started another new show chris i don't know if you've heard of this one
1: on uh, taxi
0: the Sopranos A little I am I'm excited
1: for you Greg I'm excited I, I am I'm excited for you that's genuine I've, uh, I owned the Sopranos DVDs and then I, I sold them to somebody on Craigslist and when he came to pick them up I told him like I'm genuinely jealous of you <laughs> that you get to watch this for the first time
0: I uh I had finished I watched the entire series of or the two seasons so far of the Righteous Gemstones. Uh, and I was like, ah, you know, let me like check out something. I was like, you know what? I kind of have like, not time during like the the day, but like when I'm working on stuff, like having it on and being able to pay attention to it a little bit, I was like, I could probably get through this. And it's hard because we, we, we don't, we don't have the energy to binge watch shows anymore. Like I remember. Sopranos
1: is a tough binge watch.
0: Yeah. Well that, and we just don't have the time to do it. Like when we, when we, watched the wire back when we lived in Oregon. Like we didn't have anything to do. So like we'd right. both get home if we both get home from work and it's like seven o'clock, like, oh, let's throw an episode on. Oh, that episode was really good. Let's watch another. Hey, it's 1 30 in the morning. Do you think we can get one more in before we both have to go to bed? Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. So that so like that 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 doesn't exist in our in our timeline anymore, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh but I'm gonna put in a concerted effort to not give up on The Sopranos like three episodes in, like I usually do.
1: Oh, it's, it's so good. It's so good the whole way through. I mean, obviously you, there's no way you don't know what the ending is. What? <laughs> but, but the most famous ending in all of television shows. Uh, but no, it is, it is so, I, I might go back and rewatch it at some point. Uh, I, I would enjoy that. You do need to finish the American Gladiators documentary though.
0: I will finish it tonight after the show, and we can talk about it next week.
1: Oh uh, yeah, you need to finish it. I suspect you're going to send me a text tonight.
0: More than likely.
1: But uh, all right, let's let's talk about this giant golf news. I'm I'm interested in what this does to the the Bavada Golf section because I really don't know what's happening, Greg. I got a text today from ESPN, and it said that the PGA and Liv and some other golf organization are now merging. Just tell me what the hell's going on.
0: <laughs> well, uh, I'll try to break it down as best as I know, but they didn't give a ton of details, but essentially I was outside mowing the lawn this morning and I looked at my phone and I saw the notification, same one you got, uh, from ESPN. And I was like, what? So essentially what happened is that they decided that instead of being, uh, separate entities, that they were going to combine the live tour, the PGA tour, and the the I think it's the it used to be called the European tour, and now it's like the DP World Tour or something mm-hmm. like that. So they're all now combined into one group that's all funded by the, the public uh, profits, incorporate whatever the 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 Saudi People Fund or whatever that is. Okay, um, so the
1: the fine people at Live Golf are paying for everything now.
0: Pretty much, yeah. And they're creating like a for-profit golf association. PGA still stays as a non-profit, apparently. This new business venture is going to be together. Uh, but essentially, all those guys that left and they were like, you're never allowed to play our events ever again. How dare you? Uh, Welcome yeah, they're all, back! Yeah, pretty much. Um, and it really it really just proves that like, all those guys that were loyal and didn't take giant heaping sums of cash they just get made they, they get left out in the cold now you don't know any of the financial details of what that's going to look like uh if there will be compensated i don't know how you can't compensate these guys who stayed in right. some way um i'm sure it's not going to be giant lucrative piles of money uh like not anywhere near the range of like what guys like dustin johnson got or camp smith where you're talking about like you know nine figure deals potentially just to sign over and play there uh you can't give every guy that maybe you can i have no idea i don't know what the money looks like but um you have like there has to be something more and the issue is they didn't give any real details about what any of that looks like because to be fair chris i don't think they know the Mm -hmm. backlash on this in terms of from a fan perspective, how dumb the PGA Tour looks is just baffling. Like, it's yeah. baffling. Um, it's it, like they did all the song and dance, the moral high ground, uh, bringing out the the families of 9-11 victims, survivors. Like, like and they did all that stuff a year ago and now a year later that's like, hey, guess what? Now we're teaming up with those guys. Remember all the people we, we said? that we were against this from a moral standpoint. And yeah, now we're, we're going to take their money. So like, I it's, it's a really weird backtrack. And honestly, I don't really, I don't really understand it man. from a couple of different standpoints. Like people had essentially lost interest in live golf. Like oh, I, really? I paid attention because of betters delight and the lines were always on Bavada, and I'm always down for a good line or two in terms of value. So like, I was watching when it was on. I used their app, but viewership was down. Their live attendance was down. Like, I huh. I don't know how... What do you attribute well. that to? I just think people didn't care about it. They're so used to the the normal format of golf and the PGA Tour and the weekly events and not having, you know six weeks in between events. And then, Hey, here's two back-to-back events. And then I don't know when the next one is, that kind of thing. Nobody cared about the team thing, the team thing. Like as I've heard other people on other, on other golf podcasts kind of talk about this, like we all play, if we go out golfing, we play uh, team matches typically, right? That's not exactly how Liv had it. It was like three and four man teams and, You know, it it was total overall score in terms of strokes uh, strokes and stuff like that. Like, that was all uh, put together, and then there'd be a team winner and an individual every week, which is fine. Like, I think team events are interesting. I think pairs is interesting more than three to four teams – or three to four Mm. men teams. But, you know, I just – I don't know if anybody actually cared about that. And to be fair, the casual golf fan, like if I'm a huge Dustin Johnson fan, yeah, sure, I might go check out Live. But if I'm just like me, the guy who really, to be fair, pays really close attention to the majors and then periodically will check in on Saturday and Sunday if there's something, if it's a close, you know if the scoreboard's good or anything like that, if it's, if it seems like it's close, there could be a playoff, those kind of things. Like, yeah, then I'll check in on the PGA tour. That's fine. So it, it's kind of hard to take people off of that, that mindset of like, Hey, this is on. Plus it was also the live tour was on like the CW. Like I, I don't even get, I don't even get that with YouTube TV. Mm-hmm. So like, that's hard. Can't watch it there. I'm like restricted to watching it only on their website because I don't have cable. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. It, but Overall, the news is, it's confusing. I'm not sure how the players, I mean, you saw people on Twitter, like Morikawa was like, what? Like, how, how am I just finding out about this through Twitter? Like, that's weird. Right. That's guy, he's like, he's like a top 10 player on the PGA Tour. He doesn't know about this major, gigantic shift in business and strategy and what the tour looks like, is going to potentially look like.
1: Yeah. That significantly affects him.
0: It seem it seems like a bad idea to not inform people uh, on your tour that this is going to happen. I mean, it's it's perplexing to say the least. Like, I don't know. I'm not sure why the decision was made unless the money. I mean, I'm yeah. That that's not true. It was money. That's the whole right. reason the decision was made. That a million that's percent. It. Yeah, so.
1: a million percent. I am. Uh, I'm going through the golf. Uh, the Golfa page at Bavada right now, and I don't know that I've ever gone through this page before. <laughs> oh my God, it is it is significant. Yeah, there is a lot. Also, I'm I'm very tempted, Greg, very tempted to put Ludwig Eiberg at, at plus one ninety to be the top Scandinavian player and top one eight at plus one eighty to be the top Swedish player on my card this week.
0: Well, throw it on there. Who was it?
1: i I did not commit to anything right. well, but I, but just... it is it is Ludwig Aberg
0: mm, I can't say I'm familiar,
1: Ludwig <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, to be both the top Scandinavian and Swedish player is quite a feat.
0: I mean that would be impressive. There's no doubt about it, but I mean, if you think about it just this week alone,
1: you have like the
0: p g a tour. You have – I don't even know what that tour is. Um, The LPGA, you have – oh, ShopRite Classic. That one's in New Jersey. I played that course last year. I'm sure Matt's told you about it multiple times. Um, Mm -hmm. And then there's the Champions Tour, uh, which is essentially like the old guys, like the senior tour. Um, So, yeah, there's a ton of options. And now, like, I don't even know when the next live event is scheduled. Like, will they have that? Will they finish out the season as two separate entities for now and then everything – combines at the end of the year or will those guys be welcomed back right away i know they talked about you know the guys that left will have to pay a fine what oh, yeah. what, what? what what and the fines won't all be the same right oh, so weird. certain so like certain guys phil mickelson will probably have a gigantic fine to be able to get himself back on there but that seems.
1: Wait, is any kind of forced to pay that? As he wouldn't have an alternative.
0: Yeah, now, now there isn't an alternative, so he would be he would have to pay that to get back on. Which is if interesting. He wants,
1: if he wants to golf anymore, he has to pay the fine.
0: Pretty much, yeah, yeah. That'd, that'd be that kind of be how I guess. I guess that, is, has, that has to be how it works. It's weird. The whole situation is very bizarre. And especially because they just didn't give you a ton of real details. They're just like, "Hey man, we're merging. All right, sick, dude. We'll catch you guys later." And like that's it. There there was not a ton outside of of that uh with this announcement today.
1: Well, here's what I do know that looking at the DP World Tour Scandinavian mixed two two/3 <laughs> balls, uh I really like Simon Forstrom plus 160 in the first round three balls category. Don't know what any of that means. And there's a, and there's, they apparently competing against a woman, Lisa, Lisa Pedersen, uh, also in that. Uh, so, oh yeah, I guess they all have women in each of these. I don't know how golf works, Craig. Oh, this is my favorite name. Uh, Smila Tarning Sorenberg, (laughs) Sorenberg. I want to find out I, more about this person.
0: I don't. I don't know
1: why. Don't, like, what are you? Do you even pay attention to golf, dude? It's the DP World. Yeah, something.
0: Exactly, it's something.
1: You. This is. You should know this. I,
0: just, I. I can't. There's two. Again. There's a reason why the the DP World Tour was included in this, and it was because I think it's somehow still associated with the PGA Tour. Like they're linked already. So it was, I'm sure, to just get it more notoriety, uh, et cetera. Like, golf's so weird, though, because, like, they play, like, there'll be PGA Tour events, uh, events, and then there's, like, the WGC events, which aren't PGA Tour events. Like, they're the World Golf Something events. Like, uh, it's it's if you think darts is confusing, this might be the most confusing thing in the world, the golf leagues.
1: Well, I've learned more about Smila Tarning Sonderby. So, Five uh, foot 10, 22 years old, but looks 12, and uh, played college golf at the University of Mississippi. Good for she's her. In the, she's in the LET tour. I don't is, even know what that is. Greg, stop being such a noob. It's the <laughs> Ladies European Tour.
0: Mm, I, you know what? I should have put
1: that together, to be fair. That's all, that one's on me. The CEO's is Alexandra Armis, as you know very well. I, that I did know. I did know that. She's uh, Amde Armus's mother. Oh, really? Probably not. Up. Okay. <laughs> Probably not. I don't know for a fact that she isn't, though. And If you say anything with enough confidence, some people will believe you.
0: That's true. That is, that, that's actually definitely true. There's no doubt about that.
1: Well, speaking of confidence, I no longer have any in the National Basketball Association. I think I had my worst ever episode of In Pursuit of a Parlay this past week. Might not have gotten a single one right. Uh, literally, people just making sure that I I was took an O for 8. I don't know that I did, but I think it's possible. Where do you stand on the NBA Finals right now, currently sitting 1-1, Nuggets, and the Heat? Well, number
0: one, I thought game two or game three was tonight for like most of the day. So Greg little, little annoyed that it's not until tomorrow night. Um, But we, we, we march on. I, I was stunned uh, as the fourth quarter started and how it started and how the heat just essentially stole the game away from, from the, the nuggets. Like, they just said, no, we 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 do this thing in our series. We win on the road. So we're gonna we're gonna win this game. Sorry about your luck. Um and it was impressive. Like it was they played inspired basketball. They it, it's crazy. Like it's absolutely crazy how well they played in that quarter. Um, but they just limited what Jokic could do outside of scoring, it felt like. It helped that Jamal Murray played not great for most of the game until the fourth quarter. Well, he started Um, off
1: very well and then it just kind of did nothing for three quarters in the middle.
0: Yeah. And then nearly brought them back at the end. So it, it, like, it was just a very weird game. And, like, you, you don't see a ton of games in the NBA in like the 60s and 70s late in the third quarter. No. Um, So I just, I don't know if the Heat can can keep doing that. I enjoyed it personally because it uh, Mark it, took out three of his bets on this series in, in one, uh, which was always fun. Uh, so that's good. But like it, I think I don't want to say the Heat can do it because I like that feels that feels lofty and a little plus, bit
1: overreactive. Plus two twenty five at Bovada series pricing
0: that feels a little overreactive to them winning just one game, but they did do it in Denver. Like they, they took a game that they probably shouldn't have won and made it happen. And that's kind of been their MO the entire postseason. And it's, it's amazing that we guess, I guess continue to doubt them, but I'm still leery of it. Like the, the Nuggets ancillary characters can't continue to play this bad. Just like the heat guys after game one, like, Max Struess was never going to go 0 for 10 from 3 in Game 2. Like, that wasn't oh going nine, to for 9, Sorry, my apologies. 0 oh for 9. Apologize uh,
1: to Max Struess.
0: Max, I'm very sorry for, for misquoting your terrible stat line
1: from Game 1. I don't think uh, that's going to help. I don't think you made a friend. <laughs> I think you made an enemy in Max Struess.
0: Uh, listen, I probably did. I probably did. Um, But, no, like, that – it also, like, it changes the dynamic. Like, the Heat aren't rushed
1: to bring – hero back like not yeah. that. did you see the bad the news on him today no i didn't still experiencing a decent amount of discomfort in the hand and now it's being questioned whether or not he's going to be able to play in the finals at all
0: yeah man it's the nba finals put
1: some tape on it like what are we doing here yeah but if, if if your shooting hand is broken it's going to make it hard to shoot tape it up i don't know <laughs> figure it out Take, get get one of those uh get one of those shots the NFL teams give.
0: Yeah, yeah that'll work. That, that's fine. We see we, that that always that always works out well. A little tour it all. I think that's are what they a, call it. Are you Are you a hero or a zero? See, see and
1: <laughs> now you're on his shit list. I just found a title for this episode though. <laughs> it was worth it cuz I got the title for the episode. That's
0: all we needed. That's all we needed. Um I don't know, man. I'm I, I I'm very interested in game three, which is again, why I was bummed that it wasn't tonight. Uh, I, I want to see how the heat come out and how Denver reacts to, to really kind of choking that game away. So I don't know. I think, I think the heat in front of their home fans, obviously it didn't play. It didn't do them any favors in some of the games against Boston, uh, but it, it certainly helped in, in a lot of situations. So I, I, I I can't say I don't like their chances to take another game here at home. Uh I'm just glad we're not getting a 4-0 sweep. Like if it, if it, if that's the only game they win, they at least did it early enough to where it makes the series very intriguing for the off days.
1: These uh these numbers, I'm looking at these props in the in the game the game props at Bavada for the game 3. And just like the numbers that they they put up with Jokic are just are they're stupid, and it's it's also like oh it's because he does this regularly.
0: I mean, Mark hit Mark hit a bet on uh, this past week. It was Jokic to have a triple double. It was for game one. It was the it was Jokic to have a triple double and the Nuggets to win. Take a guess at what the odds were. Uh,
1: plus. 110
0: yeah it was plus 120 it was plus. was it really yeah That's plus hilarious. 120 at Bovada like just it, it, crazy Cra- a triple double if you look at if you look at lines for any regular season NBA game most guys when that appears it's like plus 500 even Ben Simmons in the heyday of when he was putting up triple doubles uh, on a very frequent basis was in the plus four to 500 range on a nightly basis like it it The fact that that parlayed with the Nuggets to win money line was plus one twenty is crazy.
1: Yeah, that is that is kind of nuts. Um, man, it's also nuts that Joker leads the NBA playoffs in uh, in assists. That's also nuts. But like for instance, they've got Jokic to have thirty five points, twelve or thirty five plus points, twelve plus assists, and fifteen plus rebounds, and you are like, man, that's an incredible game. It's plus thirteen hundred. It's not crazy numbers. No, yeah. Like this this is what he does.
0: <laughs> I think what's what's actually even more incredible is I saw a stat today. I forget what site I was on. Maybe it was Instagram or something like that. Somebody put up the stat. Uh, he has the second highest points per game in the for like the postseason ever with minimum two games played. Uh, it's Jokic at forty one point whatever points per game. It, that, that sounds astronomical, but yeah. I feel like it's right. Um, and the other, the person who has the lead is Jordan, who had 43-point-something points per game. And it was, again, minimum two games played. Uh, Michael Jordan did that in 1986 when they got swept in the first round 3-0 to the Celtics. <laughs> so Jokic has done it over the course of, what, they, what have they played, 17, 18 games at this point? yeah uh, and Jordan did it over three, and it's just incredible.
1: Jordan's the guy from that that movie air, right?
0: still haven't watched it, but I think oh, it's so good. It's so I know good. it's on the
1: list. if no, American Gladiator's first if you take uh if you take the line I just said 35, 12, and 15 and Denver to win minus two and a half, that that jumps to plus two thousand at Bavada
0: I'll take that I'll take that
1: all day. It's not terrible.
0: No, not even a little bit.
1: You have to think Denver comes back real strong this game.
0: They have to. There, there has to be some sort of adjustment to lot uh, to not let the heat dropping back into zone and sort of limiting what uh, the you know, Jokic's ability to distribute. uh It's also hard. Like guys were missing open shots. It's not like yeah. It's not like he wasn't making the passes. It's guys also were missing. So like it, it's tough. It's very tough to just analyze based off a stat line.
1: Uh, and it's it's also crazy just how good Miami is at finding undrafted free agents and turning them into key contributors. Like half of that team is undrafted free agents.
0: It's 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 what matters the most in sports front office work, being able to maximize maximize the guys that you're signing on cheap contracts and deals and turn them into something that eventually gets them paid elsewhere. But maybe sometimes by you, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, they did. They did pay Duncan Robinson a lot of money.
0: And he had 10 key points to start the fourth quarter that basically brought them back to that game in that game.
1: I do kind of feel like Duncan Robinson has gotten to the point where he's like very underrated. You put that guy on a lot of different teams and he's super useful.
0: Well, it's crazy because he was like, considered unplayable last year in the playoffs. Yeah, and now he's uh, making huge impacts in NBA Finals games. Like, it, it's crazy how quickly the NBA and your role on a team can shift. One based off matchup, but two, just like yeah. in an instant, you go from uh, yeah, sort of a joke on Twitter with how big your contract is and the fact that you're riding the pine for a po- for a series in the postseason, and then. All of a sudden, you're back to being the hero again.
1: Yeah, he's that's 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 use. You can shoot the ball like that. You're you're a useful player to have around. Oh yeah. And man, he is getting paid a lot of money to score six point four points per game.
0: (sighs) It's if you could find easier work, I'd love to see it.
1: Yeah, although he yet you know has been pretty good. Like had had like you said those Big Ten. Uh, in about a minute and a half he had three points the game before 10 13 18 so robinson's been pretty good in uh, of late in the postseason
0: one job shoot threes and make them that's it that's it just make them when you get the opportunity that's all you have to do
1: it's weird you don't see this very much but especially it's like you said for a guy who was deemed unplayable last year in the playoffs He's actually playing more in the playoffs than he did in the regular season.
0: I mean, part of it is the hero injury. Of course. Like That definitely plays into it. But he's, again, proving that he he can absolutely contribute when he gets the minutes. It's nuts. By the way,
1: somebody is going to really overpay Caleb Martin this offseason.
0: Oh, I don't think he's under contract though for two more
1: seasons. Oh, is he? I thought for some reason I thought he was a free agent. I
0: think I think he they claimed him off waivers or picked him up as after he was cut. Um, And yeah, you're right. Twenty twenty-five,
1: he's a free agent.
0: Yeah, they signed him to like three years, twenty million or something like that.
1: Uh, So a player option for the third year. He's on this year. He's got then next year six point eight. Then he's got a player option of seven point one. Um, but yeah, you're put together, right.
0: Put to, put together a half decent season, or the Heat could fleece fleece somebody in a trade. Oh
1: man, super overrated guy. By the way, I'm I'm not a big Caleb Martin fan. Uh,
0: I like the Martin, the Martin, both Martins, just based off their time in Nevada. Nothing better than a late a late night Nevada game when you're looking for a first half over, and then all of a sudden they just start. They just start firing away three-pointers. Musselman's taking his shirt off on the sidelines. It was a fun team to watch. Underperformed in the tournament. They choked it away, but they were a fun team.
1: Well, I mean, Eric Musselman, man. Uh, Eric Musselman. What a (laughs) bizarre job he did with that Arkansas team this year.
0: He does it every year. They win in the tournament no matter what. It's crazy.
1: I'll tell you what's crazy, Greg. The fact that my beloved Wildcats are now a team that is dependent upon transfers.
0: But that seems to be the way to go a little bit with college basketball. Like the teams, I think the days of five-star recruits being the most important thing in college basketball, or like the big freshman classes. I think I think that that may be going a little bit to the wayside with the transfer portal situation. Uh, doesn't help that your coach, your Hall of Fame two-time National Championship winning coach is no longer there to draw in those transfers.
1: Wait, Jay Wright retired?
0: I know. Weird. Um, <laughs> Who's the that, coach?
1: It's not, it's not somebody ridiculous like Kyle Neptune, right? Uh,
0: it is. It is, what? unfortunately. I know. I know. I know. I'm sorry, friend. I'm sorry to break this news to you like this.
1: I had no idea.
0: Um, But it
1: is. Is Cam Whitmore staying at least? uh <clears throat> um
0: chris are you sitting <laughs>
1: uh, i do the show standing
0: oh well hey well then i suggest you at least place a chair behind you in case in case you fall over um i mean but if you look at the teams that went deep in the ncaa tournament this year transfers played big roles on those teams Yukon. Yukon was a team that had a number of transfer portal guys. Yeah. Like I I think that I think the transfer portal might be more important than the the five star recruits. Like of course, you know, if you can get the the one of one generational recruit that could then also attract better transfers, that obviously helps. There's no doubt about it, but if you can build if you can fill out your team with experienced guys who have been on ncaa teams before and have made runs or have contributed to teams that were very successful or even moderately successful they, they can have big impacts on these teams so while i know you're depressed a tiny bit about relying on the transfer portal i do think it could potentially be a good thing and a, a, a and not an easier way of team building but something that Like something that can definitely help, but especially like Villanova has a very uh, loyal alumni. Like they've won two national championships. They don't want to go back to being sort of just that middle of the road team. You have to be able to work the NIL world.
1: That's certainly true. It's just weird looking at this and being like, wow, okay. So T.J. Bomba from Washington State's the big name, but then Tyler Burton from Richmond. They bring in Lance Ware from Kentucky and Hakeem Hart from Maryland. Like, all four of these guys might be starters next year.
0: <sighs> that's not. I mean, that's okay. It's maybe. weird. Listen, the last guy that transferred from Kentucky went to Providence and led the Big East in scoring. So maybe you hey, got that guy.
1: Don't don't forget the classic, the all time greatest transfer. Got him from Duke. Taylor King definitely didn't have a cocaine problem.
0: Oh, wow, allegedly.
1: I def I said he didn't have one. Oh, so well, I don't even need to caveat that. That's
0: a good point. That's a good point.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, it didn't and and uh, who we got the Baker Dunleavy too. That was fun.
0: I mean, maybe it'll work out, Chris. Just I really,
1: I'm a big, I'm actually a big TJ Bomba fan. I like Tyler Burton. I like the recruits. I like, I like the players they brought in. It's just it's weird. And also I like the fact that they're all at least six five for a team that was full of freaking midgets last year. Um, I think
0: I, I think that this is just the way college basketball is gonna go, unfortunately. Like if you're not one and done, you're probably playing for two to three schools for your career.
1: It and breaks my not just my heart. as
0: a grad transfer.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair. It breaks my heart that Jay left because Angelo Brizzy transferred from uh from us to Davidson and Angelo Brizzy is a guy I loved when they signed him as a four-star recruit. And I feel like he would have been in a world where Jay Wright was still the head coach. He's a guy who's like, he's very, very good as a redshirt senior. Sad. He's just like that, that class, like the, the, like the solid white point guard that Villanova always had.
0: Yeah. He's your Archer Diacono.
1: Yeah, or Mike Nardi, or fill oh, in Mike. the blanks.
0: I always forget about Mike Nardi. Mike I Nardi's know on the
1: coaching staff. You show some respect.
0: My apologies, Mike.
1: I'll let him know. <laughs> but, but, I don't know, it's just it's weird. The whole transfer portal thing's weird. It's, I don't know.
0: I just, well, there's just no consistency anymore. Like, there's no reliable consistency at all. So, you know. At least you have a basketball team to cheer for. I have a team that that consistently stinks, and then the one year they're good, their head coach immediately gets taken elsewhere, and now it's like, oh, we'll probably just stink again. That's just that's just probably how it's gonna be.
1: If we were maybe we can get Grant Nelson, that would be fun. Grant Nelson from North Dakota State. I'm looking at the guys who are still available in the in the portal. It's, it's, and man, Max Abbas would have been so much fun. He and the Ghost Mortal Robbers to Texas that would have been a lot of fun. I don't really care about Hunter Dickinson because I honestly think he's super overrated. Yeah,
0: I agree with that, to be fair. Like, I, I watched a lot of Michigan for some reason, Michigan basketball is like always on TV. Um, hmm. and I never, never was overly impressed. And it's again, like that position matters more in college basketball, but every year it matters less and less. So it's it, it's it's just very weird. I did not know that I did not know though that Max Asmus was is going to uh Texas. Texas. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, and, and by the way, I I'm looking at this uh this list of the top transfers this uh this off season. TJ Bomba uh T, T. J. Yeah, that's correct. And I thought it was wrong. TJ Bamba comes in at nineteen. At number 14, Gregory, uh, a point guard from from VCU, Adrian Baldwin, commits to Penn State.
0: Look at that. Now we're back, buddy. Didn't our coach come from VCU? He came from somewhere. I don't remember.
1: Yeah, I assume he came from somewhere.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Solid Uh, bet.
1: Penn State basketball. Jameer Nelson Jr., the number nine transfer, goes from... uh, Delaware at TCU.
0: That's interesting. Hmm. I like he was good. He was really good at Delaware.
1: Well, maybe he'll be good at TCU. I really want Grant Nelson, although although he's ridiculous, but yeah, I'd really like Grant Nelson from uh, from North Dakota State. But looks like the favorite here is Nebraska for some reason. It's weird. I don't know. <laughs> Come to Villanova, Grant.
0: Yeah, let's do it. Let's shoot lots of threes. Let's
1: send him an email. All right. GrantNelson at gmail.com. <laughs> it's like, it's funny how many people you can just write their name and like it, it's their real email address uh, with some variation.
0: It has, I mean, it's got to be close.
1: Yeah. Uh, like, I bet you you could, I bet you if you took a swing at like, Take out the like top fifty celebrities, but if you go like that list from fifty one to to one fifty one, if you just use like three variations of their name, I think you can get in touch with pretty much eighty percent of them.
0: I, I, I probably right. Like
1: this is. Just... I, I like that I'm asking you to speculate on something that there is literally no way to know. <laughs> I mean, tell me more about this. Do you think my numbers <laughs> are correct?
0: I, I, they have to be close, though, right?
1: All right, look, show's over. (laughs) I need you to I need you to go watch go go watch American Gladiators. This, This has been you're wrong, and here's why. I've been Chris Hordell, He's been Greg Krohn. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next week.